Hey everybody, on this episode of Seeking Wisdom, we're gonna talk about why we made the decision to get rid of all of our lead forms and gated content at Drift. Not get rid of, we killed them. No, we killed, <laughs> no, we killed, we killed them. them. They're, They're dead. dead. They are dead. So last week you drive in somewhere and you called me out of the blue and um, you said, uh, I want to talk about something uh, related to marketing. And I was like, oh shit, okay. Uh, and you said, I think we should get rid of, we should kill all of our lead forms and kill all of our gated content. And um, you were silent? I was silent because we've been, this is like, it's working. It's mm-hmm. working for us. We've been doing it for a couple months. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't done a lot of gated content, but like we've done a lot of content upgrades. We've mm-hmm. had a really good uh, success growing our email list by mm-hmm. gating a lot of stuff. And then you just kind of like woke up and said, let's not do it anymore. Where the hell did that come from? I think it's something that's just been uh, fermenting is probably the right word in my head for a long time, just uh, thinking about what we're doing at Drift, how things are changing, and thinking about how the expectations of uh, new generations and, uh, and people are changing over time, and uh, then looking back at the playbooks that we're following and traditional lead forms and thinking, why are we doing this, right? It's one of those things that you have to kind of like sleep on and kind of like bubbles up, and then one morning I woke up and I was like, F this, yeah. we're killing them all, yeah. and uh, and it felt great. Um, you can curse on here now. I put okay. the explicit okay. tag on our podcast. So I said, fuck that, <laughs> and I said, we got to kill all these things, and then I just kept thinking through, and I'm like, I got to get Dave on the phone, and uh, I don't usually call many people. I don't like being on the phone. I Dave doesn't it. like I being like, on the phone. Be, so this so he, be... you answered, and you were just like, yeah. <laughs> and then I said, we're killing all our deep yeah. forms, and you said nothing. Yeah. And, uh, and it just felt great to say it because I feel like uh, the minute that I kind of had that thought in my head, uh, it just hit me like, shit, I hate lead forms. Everyone hates lead forms. No one wants to be a lead. Uh, no one wants to sign up and give your email in order to download some PDF or some white paper or, or video or what have you. And I was like, wait a second. If I hate this, probably other people hate this too. Yeah, and it's funny because like I never – I had been doing it that way and I never thought about it until you called me. But on the, on the phone – I instantly said yes right away. And it's not because I was like, oh, shit, my boss is calling me. I'm going to say yes. I, I was like, wait a second. This makes perfect sense, um, especially when you think about like our business, right? Our business is we have a free product. Mm-hmm. Uh, time to value is really quick. Once you get Drift installed on your website, if you have any website visitors, you're probably going to get a conversation with one or two of mm-hmm. them. Um, so I think it makes a ton of sense. I think... When so we wrote a post about it and the response was insane. I think we've been blogging for seven months now, and mm-hmm. this was this is now our we've probably post hundreds of posts, and this mm-hmm. is our number three highest traffic posts after five days. That's like insane. the response was insane. Um, but I think like the thing to remember is that like this this works for our business and the way that the the way that consumers are changing. Right? You mm-hmm. mentioned you don't want to be a lead. Yeah, and I don't want to be a lead. And if I think about how consumers, which we are all consumers, so consumers makes it sound like it's some someone else, but yeah, we're all yeah. consumers, right? How we're changing, 
you know, insane made me remember back to kind of my train of thought. And I was thinking at the time uh, that I called you that trying to invert and trying to say, like, what are we doing today that in five years will feel insane to us? Like, will not make any sense, right? Yeah. Basically, like, how do yeah. you get ahead of Wait, go uh, explain inversion for people because it's something you do all the okay. time. It's a good side topic. Yeah, so, yeah, it's a whole side topic. But inversion is just this technique that I really learned, I, I heard or I read about Charlie Munger, uh, Warren Buffett's partner, using all the time. And basically, like, uh, he flips things upside down, right? And uh, whatever the idea is, like, for me, it was take this, uh, take what we're doing today, and if I were to uh, think about it and flip it upside down and say, why are we doing it? Start from why are we doing it? And think, um, what about it is going to feel crazy to us down the road, right? And so I flipped this thing upside down and started to think about, like, what would be crazy? And I thought, um, because of what we're doing in our focus at Drift is focused so much on communication between businesses and their customers and thinking so much about how communication is changing, I thought like, holy shit, wait a second. Everything that we've been doing for the last 10 years, which I've been a big part of in building software to facilitate it through HubSpot and other companies around creating lead forms, getting people to, uh, to sign up, passing those leads off to a CRM, uh, passing the, that lead to a, a salesperson, uh, making sure that it's qualified and having lead routing rules and all this kind of crazy stuff, building marketing automation, kind of nurturing flows, blah, 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 the, the list, doing retargeting, doing this, all of these kind of things that uh, in some part we help build a lot of that stuff. Uh, to me, I thought, wait a second, that's going to feel insane. Yeah, we, uh, we, kinda, we didn't write this, but we said um, we, we floated around this topic of like, is automation killing your marketing? Yeah, it feels like it is. And and it, what well, I think what we meant by that is like the very literal sense of the word. Like if you go back to marketing and mm-hmm. marketing's roots yep. in narrative and storytelling mm-hmm. and branding, like that is traditional marketing. Yeah. But uh, you know, the last five ten years, like you mm-hmm. said, performance marketing has put a different spin on things. Oh yeah. So I think you know because of. In the last 10 years, we moved from a largely offline world of TV, radio, print kind of advertising, and all of those brand marketers and that type of old school marketing, we kind of think of as old school marketing, and transitioned to this world of PPC and SEO and Facebook ads and social this and you know retargeting that and all of these and lead forms and lookalike audiences and et cetera, et cetera. Like, we move so fast in that direction and analytics on this and customer analytics and lead analytics and routing um, that we left behind something that was super important in, that we've learned over the last, you know, whatever, 50 years uh, in the brand side that people want to connect with stories. People want to connect with brands and ideas. And we, if we look at the best advertisers and the best brands in the world that we all admire, they all do an amazing job at that. But what we're all doing and kind of the digital world, it's kind of going in the wrong direction. We're too focused on the data and the tricks and the tactics and not building brand. And I think like I always talk about things ebbing and flowing, and I feel like uh, things have ebbed really far in the data-driven kind of uh, digital side, you know, performance-based marketing. And now I think we're going to start to flow back to this world where brand really matters, 
where stories really matter. And you're starting to see that. Now that I think that way, you, you look around and you think, well, you're seeing that in medium with long-form content. Yeah. You're seeing that in YouTube with kind of YouTube celebrities being born and, uh, and those YouTube celebrities, yeah. most of their content being nothing more than behind the scenes. Right. You have, like, CEOs and VCs on Snapchat now, yeah, right? Yeah, totally. Because and it, what's, it, this is what's super interesting to me is, like, uh, We've spent the last five, ten years mm -hmm. as humans trying to like become computers, right? Yep. And automate everything. Mm -hmm. And now, like the brands that are winning are the brands that are able to like be more human yes. than computers. It's just like this crazy, you know. I love that. I think the the brands that will win for the next ten years, fifteen years, twenty years will be exactly what you said. The brands who are more human, yeah. especially as AI everything and bot everything kind of. Um, grows in importance, like the importance of being human and connection and storytelling are going to stand yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, we talk about it all the time internally here, like the company, and this is not a surprise to anybody that works in this world, but like Slack as a business is a huge inspiration mm -hmm. for us, mm -hmm. mainly because like, you know, IRC and chat has been around forever. Yes. Hip chat wasn't just the first one before nope. that, um, but Slack was able to come along with like basically the same product as HipChat mm -hmm. and completely win on brand and brand experience. Brand and experience, right? Those two things. And really, really having them and others like them really be this kind of shining star example of like, wait, it can be done. Here's proof that it can be done. It can be done successfully. And by the way, this is the way that the world feels like it's moving. And guess what? It feels really good as, an, as a user of those services to have that experience. Yeah. And I think, uh, so a lot of people read this and over the, the overwhelming response was positive. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of people that were like, didn't understand how we were going to do marketing. Mm -hmm. um, like, so here, the thing is we're still using forms, right? Like we're still some type of forms. Like we still are getting people's email addresses, whether it is through Drift, like the Drift widget yeah. uh, or, or like an embedded form, yep. right? Because we still want like content and email are, are things that people love from mm -hmm. us and we want to be able to give people that. Mm -hmm. um, but I think what we're, what we're going to step away from completely is any of the gimmicky stuff, like something that you could just get for free, but we want to get your email instead. And what was crazy to me is that, that that post that we wrote about it, without any of the gates or anything, generated the, the most amount of email addresses that one post has ever generated for Which us. Is so crazy. Because we wrote about something that people clearly like mm -hmm. felt a certain way mm -hmm. about. Yeah. And I think, I think you know, we will have two forms in my, in my mind uh, at Drift. One is sign up for our product form because we need a way to get in contact with someone. Uh, after they sign up, mm -hmm. right? That's just part of the sign-up process. Mm -hmm. And uh, if there was a way that we could get around email in that, we probably would, and maybe we'll think more about it. But, like, right now we need email to get authenticate someone and to get into their account and reset and all the stuff that we already know. Yep. Uh, and then the second form that we'll have is the one that you mentioned, which is uh, if you really like our content and totally optional and up to you, we're not – and you want to get notified about more content that we're putting out, then subscribe to our email list. What we're getting rid of and is hurdles that we're putting in front of anyone that's saying, like, before you can read our content, before you can download this, before basically the tricks uh, that people use, uh, before you can use our product, you've got to give us our email, and we need to qualify you before you can even touch it. Yeah. We're getting rid of all that crap, and we're just saying, we just need one, an email to sign up for the account, and we need and an email, totally optional, if you want to get more content. If you don't, never sign up for that email. That's totally fine with us. Yeah. And, uh, and our, 
and our goal is to produce things that are useful, and if they're useful and they're done in high quality, then we think we will succeed as a business. Yeah, and uh, so earlier you started talking about like consumer, just consumer behavior, like the way that we, <laughs> as people, yes, people. buy, buy I like things, that word better. right? People, the way that we do things is like, I don't know, I'm sure everybody listening is probably like us, which is like, I don't ever want to talk to a salesperson. Nope. Um, and I know many awesome salespeople. It's not a knock at all. It's mm-hmm. just like, we're curious. I want to go on product hunt. I want to see a new product mm-hmm. today. I want to sign up. Mm-hmm. I want to explore. And then if I have a question, I want to raise my hand. Exactly. And contact sales. And that, that's also part of the big shift that's happened in the last 10 years, which is uh, you went from a, a time where salespeople and businesses had all the content and all the, uh, all the data, right? Yeah. And you had to go through these gatekeepers in order to educate yourself and to learn more about products. Because it wasn't easy to get. You couldn't just, you couldn't just go to drift.com and like get in the yeah. product. Or you couldn't go to a third-party site and, and read about you know, reviews of a product, or you couldn't find other people like you who were using the product. And so all those things were difficult. Now there's, I mean, we're in content overload land. There's content on everything. There's YouTube videos on every product. There's all the content that anyone could ever want to self-educate themselves, probably too much. And so now all that power is in the hand of regular people, consumers or whatever you want to call them. Let's call them people. That's what I like being called, <laughs> a person. Uh, you and, don't like being called a lead? Uh, yeah, not a lead and not a consumer. Uh, you know, Now that I can go and find out everything about anything that I want, why do I have to jump through those hurdles? And salespeople in this world... Uh, are still valuable, but they're there to assist me if I ever raise my hand, right? And say, just like if you walk into, like we talk about the Apple store, you walk into anywhere and you raise your hand and say, I need help, or I need help buying something, or I need help uh, fixing something. That's when you want to talk to yeah, someone. Yeah, and we had uh, Mark Roberge on two episodes ago when he was here. And if you go back two episodes in Seeking Wisdom, you can listen to it. He talked about like the shift in in on his team for sales reps at HubSpot was – just a whole shift in mindset, right? Yep. So sales reps still get paid. Mm-hmm. The, they just get paid different at a different point in time yes. with this model, which is mm-hmm. instead of getting paid up front when you close a deal, mm-hmm. your goal is to get somebody in, Drift, for example, yep. but you get paid over time when they renew yes. or when they invite their friends mm-hmm. or when they add more seats. And so it's just a, it's more of a land and expand model than the traditional. Totally. I think it's a, it's a model where it's like some uh, another topic that we've talked about in the past, which is like, making sure that people are aligned and the best way to get the best performance out of people is to make sure their incentives are aligned. And in this case, what Mark was doing and Mark was talking about was aligning the incentives of the salespeople with the happiness and success of their customers, which is sounds like something we should have always been doing, but is actually something that is rarely done even today. Right. And you've, you've written a bunch, a, a bunch about this. Um, basically, like if you incentivize a salesperson, you say, you get whatever, 100% commission on every new deal. Mm-hmm. That's the only restrictions. Yes. What's going to happen? They're yeah. just going to sell new deals and they're going to stuff them down th- uh, people's throats even if they don't want it because all they care about is getting paid. It's going to a bunch of shitty customers. Exactly. And you know, churn is going to be off the charts. Yep. But if you give more thought up front. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Same thing for marketing teams. Yeah. If you incent them just on leads, then they're just going to gain leads and you're going to have a bunch of shitty leads. Yeah, if you give me a traffic number, like I'll go hit the traffic number. It's, yeah. Yeah. Um, how do you, do you think this, like, is this just us and the, the, our business model and and our world? Do you think this can still like, we got a lot of pushback on like, well, we have a six month sales cycle and we're more traditional, like enterprise Mm -hmm. B2B. Mm -hmm. 
No, I, I, you know, I hear that pushback, and uh, but I don't think it's true because I think at the end of the day, um, I, I can't remember who I heard this from, but like there is no such thing as uh, I think it was Gary Vaynerchuk said like that he didn't like B two B because he didn't think there's any such thing as B two B. There's only you know selling to people, right? Because you're still selling to people. At the end of the day, you're just yeah. selling to people, and so uh, your job is to communicate with people when they need help or when they are confused or that they want to uh, buy something, become more interested in getting educated about purchasing something, your job is to communicate with them, not to herd them, not to make them jump hurdles, not to make them do more work so you have to do less work. Right? Your job is to uh, service them. And right at the end of the day, business is nothing more than uh, something that we've created in order to serve customers. So we got to get back to serving customers. And I think we got lost probably in the last decade on measuring and tracking and making everything about performance-based marketing. And now we need to go back to the way that commerce always was, yeah. right? Like you go into a neighborhood store, like you build relationships, you start talking to a person, and we're going back to basics. You mentioned uh, performance and tracking I don't want people to get this twisted. Like Mm -hmm. we're more data driven than anybody out there. Like it's not that we're not tracking marketing Mm -hmm. now because we're killing forms. No, it's about like where does is tracking the thing or is serving customers the thing? And we believe serving customers is the number one thing that we can be doing as a business, and and that number one thing we should all be thinking about each day. And tracking is just. Part is just a tool in our toolbox to help us do that, but I think most people get that upside down. Yeah, and we're also like early enough in the the life of this company that mm-hmm. people. I got a lot of questions like, "How are you going to track like attribution from this source and that source?" And it's like we're in the stage where right now we want people to sign up. Mm-hmm. If signups are going up, then like good things are happening. We're sure. going to figure that out. Sure. And no one's ever figured out attribution. Analysis <laughs> this anyway. is another topic. So it's just that's a whole another topic, which is that's nonsense. But like. Um, It's just too hard to do it. And there have been people throughout my whole career, 20 years now, talking about attribution analysis when it comes to digital marketing. And no one's figured it out yet, no matter what they say. So let's not get twisted on that stuff. What do you think that there's a right, there's probably a good balance, though, of the traditional marketing, Mm -hmm. I guess, well, the brand storytelling. Because I've also, like, you notice some people do trend too far in the other direction yep which is i'm just i'm all about branding and storytelling Mm -hmm. but we don't have business results yes yeah there's got to be some sweet spot but if you don't have you know my thing is if you're customer driven and customer focused uh that's probably less likely to happen for you and the people that get lost and get it twisted on the brand stuff are the people that are very far away from their customers and so they're not helping their customers therefore they're not driving results if they were helping their customers guess what then you drive results so if they're not helping their customers so they're twisted in the sense that yes they don't care about data but they care about the brand and the storytelling more than they care about serving people right it's more of an art than it is helping your customer exactly and if you were helping customers and you were doing it in a growing and big enough market then uh, the performance is going to be there yeah cool uh what Oh, I wanted to ask you before we sign off, mm-hmm. uh, are you reading anything good these days? What are you? I'm actually reading uh, a whole bunch of things, uh, no surprise. But I just started a book, which I find pretty interesting, which is called Steal the Show. And uh, unusual book, but it's, uh, it's about public speaking. And, uh, and it's written by this former actor, 
who now has a podcast and kind of has a service around this, and uh, Michael Port. And uh, still early, but the book seems interesting. You know, good book for introverts like me to read. You, are you trying to work on public speaking? Or? Yeah, I'm always trying to work yeah. on public speaking. So I have a whole bunch of uh, things coming up this fall, London, Dublin, Portugal, a whole bunch of different talks that I'll be giving. And so, yeah, I'm always, I'm always working on everything, but I'm definitely working on getting better as a speaker. What else? You said a bunch of things. Oh, man, so many books. I'm reading. I'm still finishing Beyond Entrepreneurship, which is a good book, Jim Collins' book, Before Good to Great. Um, what else am I reading? So many books. And I'm reading it once. Uh, I'm fi- I'm, and I'm finishing up um, uh, Nail It, Then Scale It, which is a book um, very much in the, like, um, the lean, lean development and customer development stuff, um, but kind of like a progression past that that was given to me by uh, someone who runs the Utah Product Manager Group. And it's actually a really good book uh, that... I don't think anyone's ever heard of it. It was written by a VC out in Utah, and um, um, I'm enjoying it so far. Cool. So. All right, that's a good stopping place for today. Uh, if you've been enjoying Seeking Wisdom, we'd be pumped if you left us uh, a review on iTunes. Please, that helps spread the word, and if you're enjoying this, uh, that's the, you know, that would be great and meaningful to us uh, to get other people uh, to know about the, the blog. Yeah, and... Uh, you can go catch up on all the episodes. The best place to do that is uh, our website, seekingwisdom.io. Mm-hmm. And I uh, will talk to you next week. See ya. Cool.